Have you ever wondered what Jesus would say if he could speak to you today? Join us on our podcast, A Weekly Message from Jesus, as I use my gift of spirit communication to bring you a channeled message from Jesus. The link is a weekly message from Jesus.podbeam.com. His messages will bring you much happiness and guidance in your life. He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Adelaide Heward-Mills. Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the word of God both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Adelaide Heward-Mills. the little children to come unto me for of such is the kingdom of God this morning we have come unto you O God we pray that your Holy Spirit will minister to us we pray that you will touch our lives like never before and we pray that we will become more like Jesus thank you for the Holy Spirit and the anointing of my life thank you for the grace of God to bring your word to your children in Jesus' name, amen. Please take your seats. Well, we thank God for our second first fire. Amen. I don't take it for granted. We started last year with the first ever first fire, which is the vision of the presiding Bishop Dagwood Mills. And we thank God for his life. It's a good place to put your hands together. 
it shows that he has a love for you and his mind is on you. Amen. I also want to acknowledge the presence of the resident Bishop of the Kodesh, Bishop E.A.T. Saki. Give it up for him. Amen. I want to acknowledge the presence of Reverend Oko Botedoku, Lady Reverend Erica, and all the pastors and lady pastors, saved pastors, lady pastors and saved teachers here. Thank God for all their work, which is what has brought us this far. Amen. Well, if what has started is something to go by, then I'm excited. I think it's going to be explosive because the music and the worship and everything has been top-notch. And I trust that the same God will take us through. Amen. I don't know why some of you are not wearing your T-shirts. I think some of you are holding it for tomorrow. I don't know where you got that instruction from. So we are wearing the T-shirts every day, okay? And the hairbands every day, although the formal opening is tomorrow. And then also, I must apologize because I didn't know that some of your schools would be opened, would reopen by now. Okay, so next year, by the grace of God, we will take all that into consideration. But give a hand to yourself for being here. God bless you. This morning, I want to talk to you about sin is dangerous. Sin is dangerous. Turn to your friend and say, do you ever sin? Do you love to sin? Do you know that sin is an enemy? And do you know that sin is dangerous? Amen. I am sure that we all know the story of Adam and Eve and um, how God gave them everything except one tree. Just like how God gives us everything except the tithe. Amen. So God gave them everything except one tree that he said was not good for them so that they shouldn't eat of that tree. And then, unfortunately, Eve made a wrong friend. Amen? Say, Eve made a wrong friend. You see, in life, we get to choose our friends. Whether you are grown up, whether you are young, even I get to choose my friends. It's not all friends that I can roll with. Amen? And it's not all friends that will be good for me. And so in the same way for you also, even the friend may be in church, but the friend may not be the right friend for you. And uh, Eve cultivated the wrong relationship and the wrong friendship with the serpent, the devil. And so... She held a conversation with the devil. Now, the Bible says that when we see people who don't fear God or love God, we should run away. But rather, Eve was 
courting the friendship of the devil. And she had a major conversation with the devil. And the devil said, has God really said that you shouldn't eat of this tree? And Eve said, well, we may eat of every tree, but then this tree, we must not eat of it. And then it's a whole conversation. And as it goes, so the devil says, do you know something? God has been hiding something from you. He has a very bad mind concerning you. And he's actually trying to hide something from you. That is why some of you, when we as parents counsel you, you think that we are trying to hide something from you. That's why you go to the internet and to places you shouldn't go. Because you feel that we are trying to hide something from you. But we are trying to deliver you from evil. Amen? And from fellowshipping with the devil. But Eve was told by the devil that, oh, God knows that when you eat of this tree, you will become like him. And God knows that when you eat of this tree, you will become wise. And God knows that when you eat of this tree, you will know the difference between certain things. That is why he has kept the tree from you. But God told them that in the day that you eat of that tree, you will die. So when they ate of that tree, Eve first, and then she gave to Adam. Because we all like to have friends. And sometimes our friends can lead us to hell or to destruction. Amen? And so Eve gives to, the, uh, to her husband. He eats and they both die. But the, when they die, they are still living. So they start to believe at the beginning that, oh, we are dead. This, God said we will die, but we haven't died. We are here. God said we would die, but we are with each other and we can talk to each other. But it was a death that was worse than when you are put in a coffin. It was separation from God forever. Forever. Man was separated from God. God didn't have anything to do with man again. Man could not go to God in prayer like you have now. You couldn't come and sing any worship songs. You couldn't dance praises to any God. He had nothing to do with us. And we also had nothing to do with him. And we couldn't go and say, Oh God, I just came to say hello, like they used to do. And they couldn't say, Oh God, you know, I thought we should discuss this issue. There was nothing like that. All the fellowship, relationship with God was over. And when God came to the garden, which he used to do often, to visit them. He used to come walking in the garden and then Adam and Eve will be so looking forward to God's visit. But then this time, as soon as they ate of that fruit, they started to hide. And God said, ah, today I've come to the garden, but Adam and Eve don't seem to be approaching me. And he said, ah, it looks like they, they are not here. He said, Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam was hiding behind the tree. Eve! Eve, where are you? I've come to fellowship. At first, even they would go out to meet God first. So, oh, our Father, you've come. It's so great to see you. But this time, Eve was also hiding under some leaves. And God had to keep looking in the garden. Where are they? Adam, where are you? And Adam said, Well, I just discovered that I'm naked. And I hid myself. 
As soon as sin came into the world, not only did our fellowship with God break, but our openness and our honesty and our truthfulness and our not being afraid to be ourselves with God, all that went away because of sin. Amen, somebody. And so even from the beginning, that is why we know that sin is dangerous. Because sin will separate you from God. Amen, somebody. And sin will let you be afraid to approach God. Amen. And then God asked Eve, what is this that thou hast done? What is this that thou hast done? And Eve was thinking, what have I done? But God could see down into time and into history. God saw sickness. God saw disease. God saw terminal diseases. That means that sicknesses that have no cure. Sicknesses that make sometimes some of our parents pass earlier than they should. Some of our friends at school pass on earlier than they should. God said to Eve, what is this that thou hast done? Because he could see war. He saw war in Rwanda. He saw war in Lebanon. He saw war in Ukraine. He saw war in Syria. All because of one disobedience and one sin. So what Satan does is he never shows us how far-reaching sin can be. Amen? So not only was man separated from God, man was separated from each other. Because at first we were going to live forever. We were not going to grow old. Now when you see your parents, you say, hmm, you are growing old. Look at your gray hair. It was all because of sin. When you see your grandmother, you say, oh, grandma, why can't you walk properly? Because of sin in the garden. Amen, somebody. So when God saw it, his heart was broken. He said, what is this? What is this? What is this that you have done? Before Eve ate and gave Adam, there were no quarrels. Your big sister wouldn't bully you. Amen, somebody. Your brother wouldn't give you a blow. Somebody wouldn't take something from you or steal from you in class. There was no sin in the world. But through one sin, everything else came in. Amen. And God saw our state and said that unless I bring something to help man, man has no uh, way of escape. And so that is why God sent Jesus. So that he will shed his blood and wash us from our sins. Amen, somebody. Because that was the only thing that could cleanse us. We needed the blood of somebody who has not sinned before. And then you and I, we are the descendants of Adam. So no matter what we do, can't you see that it's not your mother who taught you how to steal? You have been stealing small, small. And if you are, you must stop. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop stealing. Amen. 
Can't you see that you lie? It's because you are a descendant of Adam, just like me. Amen. But God sent his son, who had never sinned before, and who was holy, so that he would sacrifice his blood to wash us. Because if we use blood of a human being, then the person has sinned before, and it cannot wash us. No matter the homo, the brilliant, the geisha we use, it will not wash us. It was only the blood of Jesus that could wash us. Amen? So God sent Jesus to wash us and to bring us back to God, which is what being born again is all about. But this morning I said I wanted to speak to you about sin is dangerous. So lady reverend, what about if a person has given his life to Christ and what role will sin play? In the life of the person. What happens is that when you become born again, that is when you pray and you ask Jesus to come into your heart, your inner man is changed. Because before you invite Jesus, the spirit that lives in you is the spirit of a demon. Hey, ask your friend, don't you want to be delivered from a demonic spirit? So Jesus comes to tell the demonic spirit to leave. So before I became born again, a demonic spirit lived in me. But then when I said, Jesus, come into my life, be the Lord of my life, then Jesus came in. As soon as the demonic spirit saw Jesus, he just packed his things. Please, I'm leaving now. I'm leaving now. Then he walked out. Amen? When the demonic spirit walked out, Jesus walked in. And took full control. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Now when Jesus comes to live in you, it is your spirit man that has changed. But your body is the same. Turn to your friend and say, your body is the same. That is why when you get born again, if you were fat, the day you got born again, the next day you are born again, all right, but you are still fat. If you were thin, when you got born again, the next day you are still thin. If you liked eating and you got born again on Wednesday, the next day, which was Thursday, you still like to eat. Amen, somebody. If you had cut your hair, it won't grow overnight. So if you had cut your hair when you were lead uh, asking jesus to come into your life the next day your hair will still be cut why because our body remains the same amen somebody and because your body is not born again your body will always like to sin how many of you like to sin how many of you don't like to sin but you find that you are always sinning put up your hand i want to see you you are always sinning how many of you would like to overcome sin in your life? Amen. So this morning, we are going to look at certain people who walked in sin and what happened to them so that we will not be the same as them. Amen. Let's read from Genesis chapter 13. Verse 7. Ah, the screen is not working. 
Genesis chapter 13, verse 7. Amen. It's talking about a man called Lot. So when you become born again, your body remains the same. Now, Lady Reverend, if the body remains the same and it always wants to do bad things, what is the difference? How do we overcome it? That is why Jesus came to live in you. Your spirit man is your leader. Amen. And if your spirit man is your leader... He is stronger than the body. That is the Holy Spirit that has come to live in us. Is stronger than our bodies. Amen. You see, some of us, we are not strong like Bukumbanku or, you know, all those. <laughs> I eat what? Powers. You see, we are not like them. When they give us a blow, we'll be on the floor. In the same way, your spirit man is strong like Bukumbanku or Mike Tyson. And your body is like you. So your spirit man is able to overcome your body. Because the spirit man is the Holy Spirit of God himself. Amen somebody. Now there was a man called Lot. And he had an uncle called Abraham in the Bible. And God called Abraham. But God did not specifically call Lot. But when Abraham was called by God, God said, leave your country, leave your home, leave all the people you know to the land where I'll show you. And Abraham said, yes, Lord, because he loved God. And Abraham told Sarah, well, Sarah, you are 75. It's true, you are past retirement, but God has a new dream for us, and we have to obey. And Sarah, being the wife that she was, she didn't say, hey, I've lived here for 75 years. It's not now I'm going to look for new friends, eh? I have some investments here. No. She said, if God has spoken to you, I will also follow. So Abraham took everything, including Sarah, and then he added Lot, his nephew, because Lot's father had died. And he journeyed with Lot. Now, when they got to a place, they all became very wealthy. They all had a lot of money. Abraham was rich already, but... He increased more. And then Lot, who had nothing, started to prosper. Because when you move with godly people, you become godly. When you move with prosperous people, you become prosperous. When you move with people who don't fear God, you cultivate bad habits. Amen? Last year we shared about that, that are you a friend of God? And we learned from 1 Corinthians 15, 33 that do not, be Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Do you remember? So now Lot was moving with a godly man. So his life was affected. Amen. Genesis 13 verse 7. And then they all had workers staying in the same place. Remember, Lot had nothing. And he went with his uncle. And the prosperity that was on his uncle affected him also. Verse 7. And there was a strife between the headmen of Abraham's cattle, Abraham's cattle and the headmen of Lord's cattle. And the Canaanites and the Perizzites dwelt then in the land. And Abraham said unto Lot, 
Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my headmen and thy headmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou would take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou would depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Amen. What happened is that they all increased in goods and they increased in the people who were working for them. And then the people who were working for them started to fight amongst themselves. I am Abraham's employee. You are Lot's employee. Then Abraham said, no, I'm a godly man. And therefore, I fear God. And I don't like to fight unnecessarily. So he said to Lot, his nephew, that let there be no fighting, no quarreling between us. Why? Because he feared God. If it was some of us, would have said that, you know something, I brought you. So if your headsmen are fighting with my headsmen, I'm banishing you from here today. Go! I don't want to see you. But that was not the way the father of faith chose. Amen. He said, oh, let's not quarrel. Look at the land. Let's separate ourselves. If you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. Abraham told Lot that, okay? And then verse 13, is it? Verse 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, not some, all. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. Amen. Amen. When Abraham told Lot, oh, I don't want us to quarrel. I want peace. Because the Bible says, seek peace and pursue it. So, you know, I just want peace. I want to obey God's word. So you choose. The Bible says a lot lifted up his eyes to see properly. And when he looks, uh, hey, how can I take some and leave some? How can I take some and leave some? Having been brought up by Abraham, he was also a righteous man. We'll see that verse. But you can be a righteous man and not allow the righteousness to reign in you. And you can be a righteous man, and when it comes to certain things, you say, let me put the Bible aside. Let me, let me put what Reverend Oko has been preaching at Save Night aside. Let me put what Pastor Danny has preached aside. Let me put what Pastor Terry told me aside. And let me just be happy and do what I want to do. So Lot, filled with greed and envy, looked at all the land. The Bible says when he saw it, it was well watered. Hey, it was green and luscious. And the Bible says it was like the garden of the Lord. So Lot just looked at it and he chose everything. And Abraham said, oh, it's fine by me. After all, I told you to choose what you want. Amen? So Lot left. 
Then in verse 13, verse 12, Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. You see, if you are a Christian, you don't have to be led by your senses. What you see, what is nice to you, what is appealing, you have to first of all ask, what would Jesus do if he were in my shoes? What would Jesus do if he was on the internet? And he had told his mother that he's doing some research. What would Jesus do? Would he stray to some unacceptable sites because he feels that nobody sees? What would Jesus do? Would he have a secret friend who is not godly? What would Jesus do if he were Lot and he had to choose? He would say, no, I don't want to put myself first. Father Abraham, you brought me, so you choose. And whatever you think should be for me, I will accept it. But that was not Lot's behavior. Amen, somebody? So you can be righteous, because the Bible describes Lot in 2 Peter 2, which we will come to later, that, that righteous man. So he had been affected by Father Abraham's faith. But it didn't stop him from not being godly. So your body can lead you to be greedy. Your body can lead you to be envious. Your body can lead you to, do the right, the, to take the wrong decisions and make the wrong choices, if you allow it. Amen, somebody. And when he chose the grass, he should have asked God, because even though it was looking green, it was very near to a place of sin. The Bible says that Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. Amen, somebody? You see, Satan will not lead you to Sodom directly. He will make you make your tent closer to Sodom. But if you had stayed nearer to Canaan, you may not have been closer to Sodom. Amen? And nowadays, so many of us Christians, we are led by our senses. How does it feel? If it feels good, I will do it. If it makes me happy, I will do it. If it makes me not queer in class, I will do it. If it makes me part of the crowd, I will do it. If it will make men like me, I will do it. If it will make people say, oh, wow, you are so cool, I will do it. Even if it violates God's word. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't let that be your story. Change from this conference. So Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom. Verse 13. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So yes, when you are choosing a place to go, when you are choosing your friends, when you are choosing what to do when you have extra time, choose something godly. Don't choose sin. Choose something Jesus would choose. Amen, somebody. 
When Lord chose this land, just based on his nice, the Bible says he pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners in the sight of God exceedingly. Exceedingly means that, you see, there are stages of sin. But these men of Sodom, they were at another level. Somebody say another level. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, please don't pitch your tent near Sodom. Don't pitch your tent near sinners. Amen, somebody. Well, after Lot had separated, God came to Abraham and said, look west, look east, look north. I've given all to you, including where Lot was. That's what God can do. Amen, somebody. Now, when Lot moved to this place, then trouble began. Hmm? When you look at Genesis chapter 14, verse 10. And the veil of Sidon was full of slime pits. And the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled and fell there. And they that remained fled to the mountain. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals and went their way. And they took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. It started with pitching his tent towards people that were wicked and sinners in the sight of God exceedingly. Then now, before we know, he has moved into Sodom and Gomorrah. You see, Satan, when he's tempting you with sin, does not give you signboards. So as you are standing here, then you see a signboard that, oh, sin and wickedness, 25 miles more. There's nothing like that. He entices you. That's why the Bible says, if sinners entice you, entice means they use something to, to draw you, to lure you. If sinners call you, if sinners seem attractive to you, the Bible says, don't agree with them. Don't go along with sinners. So Lot, he thought that he has chosen good land, good this, good that, without looking at the spiritual temperature in the place. What type of parties do you go to? I would like to know. And what is the spiritual temperature in the parties that you are going to? And as you are going to these parties, what type of music is being played there? Yes, it starts by going. That's the pitching of the tent. Then, when you are there, you start to hear the songs. I don't even know them. Do you know them? You do. And then, before you know, you are singing them. Then somebody comes to you and says, do you know how to download it? At first, you didn't have it. All. You started by going to the party. And then when you went, you heard something you shouldn't have heard. And then before you knew, you are now grinding. Now you have reached grinding stage in your dance. You now grind. Amen, somebody. When you come to church, you don't grind. But when you go to the party, you grind. And then you, the boy is dancing, and you two, you are grinding like this behind him. Grinding, grinding, 
May the Lord forgive you. And how did it start? It started with you pitching your tent close to Sodom. It's in stages. It doesn't happen suddenly. Amen. There were certain people I was in Sunday school with. They loved God. They were in the worship choir. They sang for God. But little by little, today, they are nowhere near the things of God. They were more anointed than you. They were stronger than you. But gradually, as they pitched their tent, before they knew, they were inside Sodom. Ask your neighbor, tell your neighbor, stop the grinding. Amen, somebody. And so when Lot moves into this place, suddenly there's a war. That's what I read. And when there's a war, five kings come and attack Sodom and Gomorrah. If he had asked God, God would have known the future. God would have known that even though it looks well watered, it's not good for you. God would have known that, no, Lot, this is not the time to move into Sodom and Gomorrah because it's not going to be well with them. And now, when the kings come and fight, they also take Lot with them. They take everything in Sodom and Gomorrah, including Lot, his goods, his family, and everything he has. Satan will never show you that he will take over your life. Sin will never show you that he will take over everything. So before Lot knows, he is now no more in Sodom. But some, family, some people have come to capture him. And they've carried him away. All the things that he was living for. He was living for money, for fame, for prosperity. They carried all. The Bible says his goods, his possessions, everything. When you follow sin, the thing that you think you are getting, you lose it all in one day. Amen, somebody. When the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you want to make it a lotto kiosk. A lot of when we are coming to a temple, we come with reverence. When people are even going to a temple, sometimes they have to take the shoes off their feet. In the Old Testament, they have to come to the lava, wash their, their feet, wash themselves before they will come, before they will approach the shoe bread, the candlesticks, before they will come to the high priest, then they will offer a sacrifice. That's a temple. But as for a lot of kiosk, it's always open. Anybody, whether you are rich, dirty, you can come and buy some. God wants to make you a temple. And you also want to make yourself a lotto kiosk. How can that be? Turn to your friend and say, keep yourself holy. So that you will not be a lotto kiosk. But you will be a temple of the living God. Amen. Before Lot knows, he has now been taken over by enemies. And his uncle has to take the number of people in his house, 318, the Bible says, to go and fight, to bring Lot back. If he had chosen or allowed God to choose for him, he would have saved himself unnecessary battles and unnecessary hardships. And it's the same with you. Amen. As you are growing up, so many things will be calling you. So many things will be telling you to change. You see, sometimes you are excited about church, about God. But when you get to 
SHS1. Hey. Then suddenly you have come on top. When we see you and we say, oh, we haven't seen you in church. <laughs> I've been busy. Before you get to SHS1, your dressing is decent. When you get to SHS1, we can't even recognize you. You are wearing some things up to here. You are doing this. You say, yeah, the freedom people have come. You are not free. You are in bondage. Amen, somebody. And the reason why the temple of God must look like the temple of God is so that it will not be mistaken for a lotto kiosk. But when you dress, your things are here, your things are low here. When we say, you say, oh, I'm following Beyonce. Look, Jesus is our standard, not Beyonce. Amen. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. There are many godly people you can look around and imitate. So far as they are imitating God. But you cannot afford to be going to follow Beyonce. For what? When she sings, I really like it. Do you know what spirit she's singing with? Do you know? Anyway. So Lot is taking over because he didn't he chose things based on the body, the flesh, and on sinful things. And so Abraham now has to go and get him. Now Genesis 18, we are following Lot's story. Genesis 18, 16 to 20. We'll soon go on break, don't worry. Genesis 18, 16 to 20. The angels came to visit Abraham, and they told him so many things. They told him, Sarah will give birth, why did she laugh, and all that. But in verse 16, and the, the angels, these are called men, they rose up from thence, and they looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to see them off, or to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after me, after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Then God says to Abraham, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done all together according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Amen. God said that the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm in far away heaven, it has come to me. Why? Because their sin is very serious. Their sins are very serious, very dangerous, and at another level. So even when a country is sinful, there's a cry that goes up to heaven. 
Amen? And it's grievous. It makes God sad. It makes him sad because it forces him to take certain actions he wouldn't like to take. Amen, somebody? So God says, I'm going to send angels to Sodom and Gomorrah to go and check out what is really happening. Then Abraham starts to pray, Oh God, I know there's a lot of sin there, but if you find 50 people who are righteous there, will you spare them? And God says, I will. What about if you find 40, will you spare them? And God says, I will. You know, so Abraham intercedes. At first he says, if there are 50 men, will you spare them? And God said, if I find 50, I will. Then Abraham says, what about 45? And then what about 40? He says and says and says that I think they reach 10. A big country, only 10 righteous people in it. And God said, if I find 10 righteous, I will save the country. Do you know that by being righteous, you save a whole nation? That just 10 righteous people can turn the destiny of a whole nation around. Do you know that? Amen, somebody? And I like the testimony gave, God gave about Abraham. So I know Abraham. He will command his whole household and everybody after me. After him, he would, let them, he would let them do the right thing. I know Abraham, but he didn't say, I know Lot. He didn't say, I know Lot. Because I believe by this time, Lot has started to backslide by making the wrong choices. Amen, somebody. All right. Verse 19, chapter 19, verse 1. And there came two angels to Sodom in the evening. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. You see, he still has some godliness in him. He rose up to meet the angels. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my Lord, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house. And tarry all night, and wash your feet. And you shall rise up early, and go on your way. And they said, Oh no, we'll sleep in the streets. Verse 3. And he pressed them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast. He didn't know they were angels. And he baked unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from everywhere. And they called unto Lot and said, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him. So the people were saying, bring the men out. We want to do bad things with them. We are used to doing bad things. So it doesn't even matter if they are angels. They bring them out. This is our nature. In this town, this is what we do. And Lot said, please, don't do this. Please, it's not godly. And the Bible says, Lord pulled the men into the house. And the angels struck the, the people outside with blindness so that they couldn't see the door. They were so sinful, nothing would stop them. And when you don't have God or you don't allow the Holy Spirit to control you, you just do whatever you feel like doing. You become like these people. Say, God forbid. 
Tafiakwa. Amen. Let it pass over me. Anyway, what happens in Sodom and Gomorrah? Um, when you look at verse 11, and they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, so that they were it. Okay, verse 12. And the men said unto Lot, Oh, has thou anyone besides? The angels are asking Lot, We have come to rescue you. Because God is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sin. That is the extent to which God hates sin. God cannot abide in sin. Amen? So God said, they are so sinful that I just want to take the 10 out and destroy it. Because I didn't find 15, 20, 40, 50 righteous people. No, I didn't find any. So I've decided to extract the ten who fear me. Because of your godliness and your holiness, you will be saved from destruction. Amen, somebody. Those at the back, amen. Those of you who just walked in, amen. God said, I will destroy them because their sin is too much. And they have no fear of God. This is what happens to us. When we just live anyhow, we live a life of sin, there's no control over us, it leads to destruction. Amen? Destruction is not only physical. It also leads to eternal destruction. When you stand before God, what will you say? When God says, I created you, I gave you my word as a light, and I told you to live by it. What did you do with it? What did you do with all the preachings you had? What did you do with all the messages, the malahat and all that? What did you do with all the preachings on a um, cross effect? Generation 419, what did you do with all of it? God, it was nice, and I listened to it. And then God will ask, did it affect your life? I didn't allow it to. Then it leads to destruction. So the angels have come to rescue Lot and his family. Amen. So they take Lot, his father-in-law, and all that. Verse 15, and when the morning rose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. It's arise, take your wife and everybody, get out of here, lest you be destroyed in the sin of the city. It is not that God wanted to destroy them, but sin, sin is self-destructive. Verse 23, the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zohar, that's where he ran to. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah. 
and toward all the land of the plain, and beheld, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of the furnace. And it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. Amen. They rained fire and brimstone. It is said that brimstone is sulfur. And sulfur just makes the fire become very big and very hot. So God rained fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. God didn't care about whether they had airports. God didn't care about whether they had harbors. God didn't care about their prosperity. That is what had influenced Lot. But in God's destruction of the city, he was looking at the spiritual temperature. He didn't care about their bank account. He cared about whether there was sin or not. Amen. How come the Christians of today, we are not sensitive to sin? How come when we sin, we don't even feel sorry, but we rather laugh about it. And sometimes we, we show it as a trump card. <laughs> Have you fornicated before? Oh, yes. Oh, many times. Oh. Whereas the Bible says about the publican and the sinner, uh, the, the Pharisee, that when they went to the temple to pray, the Pharisee says, God, I thank you that I'm not like this other man. I fast three times a week. I pay my tithe. And, but the sinner... The Bible says he will not even lift his head to look towards heaven, but he just beat his breast and said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's not the attitude we have now. We have a, <laughs> oh, we've lied. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We just do this. Oh, yeah. That was not the attitude that Jesus commended. Jesus commended the man who beat his breast and said, Lord, I can't even look up. I feel so bad that I should do this. I know there's forgiveness, but I have broken your spirit and grieved the Holy Spirit, and I'm not happy about it. How come we are not sensitive to sin and to the things that displease God? Yes, it's okay to be in the worship choir, but your character must be affected if you are saying you are born again. If you are born again at home, your parents should speak less. Not every day they are calling you. Have you swept? Have you laid your bed? Have you bathed? Have you done this? Oh, if the Spirit of God is used, oh, I know that this is what is expected of me. When I wake up, I have to sweep. When I finish sweeping, I should tidy my room and lay my bed. When I finish, I should have a bath. I should wear my uniform. I should get ready for school. I should do homework. But how come you rather hide the fact that you have homework. And they ask you, do you have homework? You say no. Then in the morning, you're under the dining table. You are now doing... How can, how can you be a testimony to your parents? How can they believe that Jesus lives in you? Amen, somebody. When they say, don't watch this, you say, okay. Then you go to your room. Then when your parents are watching, you are under the bed, but they don't know. Somebody told me that she does that. Watching all sorts of things from under the bed. Your parents don't know you are, you are there. When they sleep, then you sneak out. They say, I'm very smart. You are very foolish. 
Amen, somebody. How come when you are asked anything, does this happen? Is this true or not? You just lie because you have to cover up the tracks of your friend. You want to please your friend. What about Jesus? You want to please your friend. What about the Holy Spirit that dwells in you? Does the Holy Spirit not matter? When we live like Lot, we end up in destruction. And he was only says that God remembered Abraham and saved Lot. God, he remembered Abraham and then he saved Lot because of Abraham. Amen? The type of person who is your leader affects your life. If Jesus is your leader, God will remember you in many things. Amen, somebody? Why is it that it never occurs to you to have your quiet time? It's not part of your thinking. But you always want to watch some television program. You want to do this. You, you don't even have time to study. Because you're always doing other things that you shouldn't do. And then Satan tells you, oh, if you do what is right, life will be boring. Life will not be boring. But even if life should be boring for you to please God, what does it matter? Amen, somebody. Turn to your friend and say, don't be destroyed like Lot. Don't live in Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen, somebody. Now, in closing, we'll go for a break. I want us to look at 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2. I hope I am right. 2 Peter chapter 2. And you must know the books of the Bible. Because when Jesus was tempted, he didn't say, oh, what was even being said that saved night? I can't even remember. He had memorized scripture and he knew what to say. Amen. Verse 5. 2 Peter chapter 2, reading from verse 5. It's talking about God, that he did not and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. Verse 7. And God delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Amen. The Bible refers to Lot as a righteous man. And he says, yes, God condemned Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes and made them an example unto us, you and I, that we should not live ungodly lives. Amen? And the Bible is saying that when Lot entered Sodom, he was a righteous man. He said, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation, that is the filthy behavior 
of the wicked. For that righteous man, that is Lot, dwelling amongst them. When you dwell among sinful people all the time, it affects you. There is no greater influence than the company you keep. And sometimes your company, they may be in church, but they are not godly. How many of you know people in church who are not godly? Hey, we are in trouble. <laughs> so that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and in hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day. You see, it builds up. It's from day to day. And the Bible is saying that in seeing and in hearing, what you see and what you hear affects your righteous soul. Amen, somebody. What are the things you see? You tell me. What are the things that the eyes can see? Pardon? What can the eyes see that are not right? Who can tell me? Amen? Sometimes your eyes are seeing a book. And the book is not right for you. Amen? One day a child went to school and then when they finished the exams, a boy came to her and said, Are you bored? She says, Yes. Why do you ask? Say, oh, because we are all bored after exams. We are not doing much. Say, oh, yes, I'm bored. So, Shall I give you a book to read? When the child said, yes. The book that the boy gave the child, it was something else. In seeing and in hearing. Then the teacher came across it and asked the, chi the, other ch the child who gave, where did you get this book from? He said, oh, I've been saving. There's a man around the corner of my eye. He supplies me. Before you know, you are in bondage to all sorts of things. Because you couldn't say no to the man around the corner. Just out of curiosity sometimes. Sometimes it's not that you want to do anything bad, but you are curious. You feel that. What is there that they don't want me to know? Let me know it now. Look. You don't have to be in a hurry. You will know everything as you go along. <laughs> Amen? In seeing and in hearing. Some of the movies you watch. When you see, uh, you begin to do. That righteous man in seeing, he vexed his righteous soul, not in one fell swoop. He says it fell day by day, day by day, every day a little, every day a little, slowly but surely, slowly, gradually but surely, like that, that righteous man, remember he was righteous when he was entering Sodom, in seeing, what you see affects you, what do you see on the iPad, what do you see on the internet? What do you see in books? What do you see on Instagram? What do you see on Twitter? Some of you see and you go and meet strangers. 
and they start to ask you, who are you? How are you? What age are you? Is your father there? Is your mother there? Hey! In seeing and in hearing, what you hear affects you. He was a righteous man. He was more grown up than you. But just in seeing and in hearing, he vexed his righteous soul from day to day. That's why you must be careful the type of music you listen to. There's enough beautiful music in the kingdom of God. You don't need any extra from anywhere. It's enough. When you hear powerful songs, now I've seen the light, I'm not turning back. What else do you want? You want what? You want some drug addict song from somewhere. In seeing and in hearing. What are you hearing? So, lady, reverend, it's not me, it's the radio, but you can control the radio. It's you. It's you. Amen. What are you seeing in secret? Why are you hearing? Your, your soul is righteous. Your spirit man is like Jesus. But you are vexing it from day to day. That righteous man. And I, I would like you to memorize the scripture. Because I knew it when I was young and it helped me a lot. Second Peter 2 verse 8. For that righteous man in seeing and in hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day. So every day you are getting worse but you don't know. Because it's gentle and it's subtle. Ask your friend. What have you been seeing in secret? What have you been hearing in secret? What have you been seeing that you have kept from your parents? What have you been seeing that when you hear their footsteps, you change? What have you been seeing that when you hear their voices, you put it under your pillow? And then you intentionally press Bible, James chapter 4, verse 4. You see, my mother used to tell me something I never understood. She said, that's where a child, everybody has been a child before. It's a grown-up that no everybody has been a grown-up before. But I didn't understand what she was saying. But it's so true. When they ask me, what are you doing? Say, oh. I was just soaking in some message. You are lying. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Beholding the evil and the good. So it's not even the eyes of your mother or your father or your uncle or your aunt. But the eyes of the Lord. I pray that you will know that sin is dangerous. That sin can vex our righteous soul. And therefore we have to keep ourselves in the love of God and in the word of God. And I pray that your righteous soul will not be vexed. Stand to your feet, please. I want you to speak to God. With God, there's no secret. says in Hebrews 4.13 all things are naked unto him with whom we have to do there's nothing that is hidden 
everything is laid bare before God. This afternoon, you want to say, Lady Reverend, I want to start all over again. I want to come clean. This afternoon, you say, Lady Reverend, I don't want to vex my righteous spirit and my soul anymore. I want to move on and come to a level of obedience to God. If you are like that here, just close your eyes. And just ask God to do something new in your life. Do something new in my life. Something new. Oh, the Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and He's just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This afternoon is not about pretense. It's not about who knows. It's about Jesus coming in and making a difference.
I will not cast away. Speak to him. Say, Lord, cleanse me. Lord, let me be careful in what I see and what I hear so that I will not vex my righteous spirit. to be sure I want to start all over again and sometimes you haven't even started at all say lady reverend I need Jesus this afternoon I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die I want to be sure if you are here like that this afternoon just put up your hands wherever you are standing forget about who is on your left and who is on your right I accepted Christ at the age of nine you too can have Christ in a very special way. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I need a new beginning and a new start. If you're like that, let your hands go higher. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And if you've lifted up your hands, do one more thing. Come to the front. Give me the honor of praying with you. Oh, do something new. to lead you, but you are going to make it your prayer and pray it for your heart. And Jesus, who loves little children, will hear you. You want to say after me, dear Jesus, this afternoon, I come to you just as I am. Jesus, take my life and come into my heart and be the Lord of my life thank you for coming to die on the cross for me and thank you for rising from the dead so that I may have eternal life from today Jesus be the Lord of my life Forgive me for my sins, my secret sins, and my known sins. Wash me with your blood. 
and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Happy birthday. Go and write down today's date. Go to your seats and we'll be talking to you after. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit at the Kodesh, North Kanishi, or meet her on Facebook at Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.